0: Hello, I'm Tim Bryant, teaching pastor here at the Fellowship Church. I just want to say today it is an extreme pleasure to continue the series on disciple culture. Today we'll be looking at sacrifice, and this comes from Mark, the 8th chapter, verses 31 through 38. And before we get started, let's pray. Dear Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word. Dear Lord, I just ask that uh, you send this word out into the atmosphere, into people's homes, into their hearts, into their minds, into their souls, cause it to effect change, commitment, recommitment. Most of all, Lord, just I ask that this word is pleasing and acceptable in your sight. I ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. As we take a look today, at the topic of sacrifice, the discipline of sacrifice. And we have Jesus giving us the game plan, the example of sacrifice. If we look at our scriptures today in Mark the eighth chapter, beginning at verse 31, It reads, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when he he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So as we take a look at this thought, this concept of sacrifice today, we see here in verse 31 that Jesus began to teach that the Son of Man must suffer many things. Now, we back up just a little bit. Last week, Justin had touched upon the the previous verses. In verse 27 of this same chapter, Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am in our world today, in this time of the pandemic, of this virus? Jesus is asking us, he's asking you, who do you say that I am? God Almighty caused the world to stop in its tracks. People walking around in fear, wondering, is this the end of the world? Is it going to end? And now as things kind of seem to get back to normal now, And the fear is subsiding somewhat and people are going about their daily endeavors. The Lord has impressed upon my heart to ask the question and have us to hear him asking the question, who do you say that I am? And they answered, some said John the Baptist, some said Elijah and Others, one of the prophets. But he said, Who do you say that I am? He's asking us here today, in your homes, in your mind, he's saying, Who do you say that I am? Am I the King of kings in your mind, the Lord of lords? Am I your Redeemer? Am I your Savior? Do you love me with all of your heart, soul, and mind? Verse 31, and he began to teach them now. The son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. The game plan of Jesus Christ that he had come to earth to die, to sacrifice himself for your sins and mine, the Son of God. In Matthew's account in chapter 16, when the question was asked, who do you say I am? Peter stepped up and and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon bar for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Upon this confession of faith, the church would be launched. And here today, we stand on that confession of faith. That Jesus is the Son of God. He's asking you today, who do you say that I am? And after he had gave the game plan there in verse 31, he spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and Began to rebuke him. Peter, this same guy who had earlier said that you are the Christ, the Son of God, he now rebuked him, strongly disapproved of what he was doing. But when he had turned around, and looked at his disciples. Jesus rebuked Peter. What stood out to me in this verse was the word looked. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, can you imagine the look that was on the face of Jesus? After Peter had rebuked him, that he turned his back on Peter and looked at the disciples as if to say, really, is this what he is doing to me, rebuking me, Peter? And he rebuked Peter and put him in his place. Because, you see, Peter was out of order. He was trying to give instructions to the Son of God, to Jesus Christ. And that's what happens to us sometimes when we get out of order and we get ahead of Jesus. And he has to put us in order. And correct us and reprove us with his word. He said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. See, Peter was, he was kind of going through an egotistical dilemma. And we go through that sometimes when we read the word of God, we hear the word of God. But we have our own plan. We have our own way of doing things which we think are better. This egotistical dilemma when we outthink ourselves. Peter was outthinking himself. So we are to always be mindful of the things of God and not the things of men. And you see, Jesus spoke directly to Peter and Satan while he was looking at the disciples. Remember, he turned around from Peter. He turned his back to Peter. And he spoke to Peter and Satan Satan at that particular moment was using Peter as a mouthpiece. I wonder, have you ever been used by Satan in word or in deed? And then the Lord calls it to your attention. I know that I have. We have to always be mindful of the things of God that our minds are constantly stayed on Jesus. Let this mind be in with you, which was in Christ Jesus. And we go on to verse 34. And when he had called the people to himself, with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. So as we take a look at both of those verses, our message today is sacrifice, a decision To make. It's time for all of us to make a decision. For some, it's to recommit our lives to the Lord. For others, it's a matter of taking that first step to the Lord, giving yourself to God, denying yourself, picking up your cross, and following Him. Daily. In these times that we are living in, in this pandemic, it's so important that we have a decision to make and for all of us to understand that. It's time for us to understand the concept of sacrifice. The Lord is calling us to obedience unto his will and to his way whoever desires to come after me the lord places a desire within us when we he reveals to us that jesus is the Son of God. When he reveals that to us from heaven, flesh and blood doesn't, but our God in heaven, when he reveals that to us, when we see the Lord in his majesty, when we see him high and lifted up. Isaiah wrote in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. When we begin to see the Lord high and lifted up with his train filling the temple, that's when we desire to come after him. When we see the power and dominion of God, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the olden times of when there were battles between the kings and the leaders of the land. The one who was defeated, the victor would cut his train. And in many instances would sow it to his train. This showed power and honor no one can compare to the honor and glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Of the majesty of God and his train of his robe fill the temple, it says in Isaiah six, and above it there were the seraphim, and each one had six wings. Two he covered his face and two he covered his feet and and two he flew and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The whole earth is full of full of the glory of the Lord during this time. Do you see the glory of the Lord as he has stopped life as we know it in this world? From the United States to Russia to China, the Lord has made himself known. In Psalm 46, it says, be still and know that I am God. We all have a decision to make. In Psalm 46, it goes on to say, I will be exalted in the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Let us give honor and glory to our God. Verse 36, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? It's so important that we put God first in all things because we cannot serve God and mammoth. We have made so many things, idols in our lives. We cannot serve God and mammon, riches, prestige, man's glory. We cannot serve God and mammon. In Matthew the sixth chapter and 24th verse, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We have to decide who we are serving. Is it God? Is it man? Is it riches? Is it prestige? In 1 John, the fifth chapter, it ends by telling us to keep yourselves from idols. The Lord stopped professional sports, stopped it right in its tracks. He's trying to get our attention. To love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. All the venues of the popular concerts and gatherings, he stopped it. He's saying all eyes on me. Jesus is saying he gave his life for all of us. He died upon the cross. He wants us to lose Our life for his sake and the gospels. Because when we do that, he will save it. He wants us to let go of our lives and give it to him. Because he will hide it in the heavens and reveal it to us again. Let us go to Colossians. The third chapter, as we expound upon that thought, as we prepare to close out our message. Colossians, third chapter, first verse. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. My life is hidden with Christ. Your life is hidden with Christ. Somebody today listening to this message, your life can be hidden with Christ if you'll let it go and let God have it. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of God of his father with the holy angels. There is no shame, there's no disappointment in Jesus because there is no failure in God. Do not be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ upon this earth because he'll be ashamed of you before the angels In heaven, have confidence in the Lord. Be steadfast and immovable in the Lord. For me personally, this is a time to be recommitted to our Lord and Savior, knowing that I have to sacrifice and make sacrifices in my life. You know, sometimes oh Satan can come against you use you and leave you, disillusioned, in despair. But know this, that he is the father of lies. He is the accuser of the brethren. You may find yourself today in a cave, a cave of of loneliness. In a cave of, of pain like nobody is there for you. Like you're all alone. There in First Kings, the, the 19th chapter, as Elijah was on the run for his life. They were after him. Jezebel had set out a hit for him. And he found himself in a cave and the Lord Spirit of the Lord asked him, why are you here? The Lord is asking someone today, why are you here? In this cave of of unbelief, of doubt about me, why are you here? Then there came a mighty wind, and the wind tore the rocks, and the rocks went here and there. But the Lord was not in it. Then there came an earthquake and he was not in it. A fire, he was not in it. Then the still voice. Let us hear the still voice today. He asked him again the second time, why are you here? He instructed him to get up and go back to uh, retrace his steps and go back where he had come from. There he had a, he would anoint people by God's direction. And these individuals, Hazel and others, would protect him. And the Lord shared with him that there is a remnant, that you are not alone. You're not the only one who is serving me. And the Lord Jesus Christ would have all of us to know that you're not alone. I'm not alone. There are other saints, other believers who care about you, who pray for you and with you. But most of all, Jesus wants us to know that he'll never leave us nor fake, forsake us until the end of time. Let us pray. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. Lord, thank you for this word concerning sacrifice. Lord, it is so much more that I could say so much more that I could preach. But Lord, I pray that this has been pleasing and acceptable in your sight, that it touches someone's heart, that they will give themselves fully and unconditionally to you, that it will touch someone's heart, that they will recommit themselves fully and unconditionally to you. I ask this prayer in Jesus' name, amen.